Hello and welcome to episode two of Paper Tuesdays. I'm Mark Halpin, he's Michael Dwyer, I'm in Australia, he's in Gorey. How are you today, Michael? Fantastic, Mark. Yourself? Oh, I am absolutely flying it. I am fantastic. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Well, sure, I suppose we'll jump right into it then. This week's Parish of the Week. Mark, this is a big one. Uh, we have high standards, Mark. We like to meet them every week. We've had characters. We've had uh, brilliant, brilliant uh, endeavours, running marathons. And this week, well, we've a character all together. Roll the tape there, Robbie. Our master now ended. Let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Sorry, that was the wrong one. Sorry about that. Bit early for that, isn't it? Thanks, Robbie. So that was the Canon Jimmy McPhillips there, Mark, and he rolled up a few bars of the sash. It's the well-known Orange Order song, and he was lashing it out there on the online mass for his parishioners. Um, some character, wasn't he? Like, you know, sorry, that was the wrong one, and it's a bit early for that, and then he plays Footprints in the Sand by Leona Lewis instead. Yeah, when you originally sent me this clip, I thought it was going to be an accidental playing of one of those blued <laughs> adult videos. But uh, thankfully it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, he, you know, he deserves this honour, Mark, really. He, every week at Mass, he ends his blessing uh, with uh, a short comedy routine beforehand, and he tells jokes about Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. And uh, it's went down really well. Even uh, there's an Orange Lodge in London. They got in contact with the priest and said how fantastic it was and fair play to him. Fair play to him, all right. That's good. It's good. It's good to see he's keeping a sense of humour. Absolutely. I'm sure we may as well stay in Fermanagh, Mark, because it's uh, all happening in Fermanagh these days. And we go to the Fermanagh Herald. And UFO sightings there, Mark. Good to hear there that Fermanagh has revealed that they're officially free of UFOs. So they had a freedom of information request. And for the past 65 years, the, the county has been free of UFOs. Belfast and Down, not so lucky. They had reported sightings. So um, there you have it there. And apparently there was a, there was a little bit of um, consternation there because there were, there were they saw a strange object in the sky recently, but that was just the launch of Elon Musk's Starline. Starlink satellite, and this got this got me thinking, Mark. I remember um, covering UFOs, and uh, yes, so the Leitrim uh, newspaper they they have had reported sightings of UFOs so much so that an astronomer views that UFOs may have a hub in Boyle, and Boyle Town Council once examined the prospect of looking into have setting up a space centre in Boyle. It's great to hear people are starting to visit Leitrim. <laughs> So, Mark, you have found a story there on Sky. Uh, I think it's been about the monkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it came out today that um, monkeys attacked a scientist carrying samples of the COVID-19. And one of them was spotted up in a tree chewing away on the COVID sample. Oh, my God. Who's writing this stuff? The world is going nuts, isn't it? Is this going to cause, like, a planet of the apes? Have you seen that film? <laughs> Imagine it caused that. <laughs> Actually, on the topic of that, yeah. animals and um, infections, there was an article that I read there 
one and one day last week about three young fellas who were out in the garden as you do as they should oh, be yeah. as people say nowadays a lot less time on the screens is better for the chaps they should be outside roaming around well these three boys proved those people wrong they were outside playing in the garden and they happened across a spider and the three chaps thought that well obviously if we get bit by the spider we're going to turn into spider-man <laughs> But they didn't turn into Spider-Man because it was a Black Widow spider, so they actually turned into A&E. <laughs> more news then on Australia and COVID, actually. I have more news. They, there yesterday, I was listening to the radio while I was up in the tractor. Flahow. They reckon that COVID, one of the positives of this COVID pandemic, is that it may eradicate head lice. Okay. Completely. Yeah. Because head lice apparently is only, only breeds through children's hair. And that's where it comes from, from the schools. So they reckon that now that all the chaps are out of the schools, if they isolate, well, they are isolated, but if they find the students who have the head lice and treat them, when they go back to school, there'll be no more head lice. I can picture all the Australian teachers back. Not sure if your school was like this, but in my school, if head lice happened, you knew it had happened because you got this small slip of paper about something and it was head lice. It could only be head lice. So maybe Australian teachers are printing out these small slips of paper now and they're just going around nationwide about headlights. We never got headlights in our school or no mention of it. No, that's not to say actually that we didn't have headlights. We just weren't told about it. Are you saying that Castellan was yeah. a hygienic school, very clean and you know safe? Yes, Castellan was very hygienic actually. We had a fluoride lady that came. Did you get one of those? No. We had... <laughs> This is so strange to think back on, but we had a fluoride lady and right. she used to come every, say, it wasn't even at regular intervals. She could come one year, six times in one year, and yeah. then the next you wouldn't see her. And then the year after, she could come twice in the year. Okay. It's so random, but she was a very strange lady. And she used to bring these paper cups with triangular bottoms. So if you can picture like a cone, like an ice cream cone, but made of paper. Okay. They would have a tiny, I'd say about three to four mils of fluoride liquid in it. And we'd have to knock it back into her mouth, swirl it around or hold it in her mouth until she told us we could spit it back into the cup. And we spit it back into the cup and gave it back to her. And I think she put them in the bin. I hope she did. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's I don't know what the reason behind that was. We need to ask the Fermana Herald to put in a freedom of information request about this case, you know. <laughs> this, this. Yeah, but see, this is the other thing is that um None of us knew her actual name. She was called the fluoride lady by <laughs> our teachers. And I still remember, I can picture she had um, a big red head. No, she didn't have a big red head. She had a big head of red hair. So if any anyone listening to this is from Castle National School and can back me up on this, please do back me up on this. Yeah, get in touch with us. You know we're on, on uh, Instagram now, Paper Tuesdays Podcast. You'll find us there. You know it, baby. Yeah, so let us know any details there and we'll do a bit of digging there. Maybe she's still, maybe she's out of work at the moment. You know, the school's closed here, Mark. Maybe it's a tough time for the fluoride lady. And you never know, maybe the fluoride <laughs> lady will be our first guest on the show and we can have a chat about fluoride, its benefits, and it's... Uh, it's questionable uh, status. She could bring us paper cups. Yeah. Fluoride. Yeah, fluoride. Yeah. More on this as we get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you go to the dentist as well, Mark, in school? Like I did. I went to the dentist. I went to John Kavanagh and Artlow. I still, well, I don't still do, obviously, but he's been my dentist and he's been old for as long as I've been alive. <laughs> like one of these, um, it's like the priest in Castledown. He's always been old. Yeah. And he's still there, Father McCarney. Yeah, fair play to you. When I was like when I was in junior infants, I seen him as an old man. 
and he's still alive and still a priest in Castellone. And now I'm like on my way to being an old man, and he's still <laughs> alive and an old man. The man whose time stood still. They should write a book about him. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose we'll get to look at the Lim- Limerick leader there, Mark. Did you get to see this story? Defence forces launch investigation into barber at army barracks. So this is, uh, there's the defence forces in Athlone uh, have have a whistleblower there among their ranks. Uh, the, apparently the barbershop there opens intermittently, often with queues outside and no health or safety changes made to the interior. Uh, the barber is a serving soldier. It's a five or a cut. And the, the, the whistleblower even named the barber's name. So uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty strong uh, statement to make. So the, the defence forces have launched an investigation. Are the barbers not open at all then? Oh Mark? yeah, sorry Mark, yeah. So barbers aren't open here and they won't be open un- until the 20th of July at the moment. Really? Mm. Are barbers open that's, in Australia? That's bad. I've, I've been getting haircuts like just as normal. Yeah. Over here. The barbers have all been open like, you know, you have to wait outside or whatever, there's a queue, but yeah, I've been getting my fades in regularly. I think some people would be terribly annoyed that people in Australia can get haircuts at the moment, but people in Ireland can't, no? It's a, uh, yeah, it's a hot button topic here. And then, Mark, you see, the beauty of when you're looking for local newspaper stories, right, is if you come across websites and their only stories are the big stories. They don't really update it regularly with lots of stories. One of those websites is the Monster Express. And the, this story goes back a few months, but I, I came across it and I liked it. So Strand Valley County Waterford celebrated getting a gold medal in the Super Valley Tiny Towns competition, Mark. And they had to overcome a little bit of a, an administrative error as they had initially awarded the gold medal to Strand Valley in County Leash. And I love how invested the people of Strand Valley get into their tiny towns because the Assistant Secretary, Margot Crowley, she stated that, in fact, Strand Valley had increased its overall tally by 12 points, finishing four points behind the overall winner. And they've won 18 silver medals for the past 18 years. So it's not like they were going to drop their record. So uh, Margot... Anyway, they accepted the apology from the Department of Rural and Community Development and uh, they apologised for the mix-up in this case. So there you have it. Justice was served and Strad Valley in County Waterford. So Strad Valley in County Waterford were stripped of their title, you're telling me? Leash lost the title, yeah. yeah, yeah. Leash, lost, Leash lost the title because Waterford won it? Yeah. They gave it to the wrong one, was it? Yeah. yeah. A, a case of false valour. <laughs> but we were talking about this and you, you made a good point you know it would be great if this started a bit of a feud between the strad valleys that you know one would if jump. they started bringing truckloads of litter <laughs> if like the rubbish department from strad valley in county leash started driving all the way to waterford and dumping in the streets so it also reminds me a bit of um, the Father Ted episode where the three lads dress up as Elvis. I'll say, I am Elvis. I am Elvis. We can't all be Elvis. <laughs> and Mark, the whole Strap Valley incident, it reminds me of uh, back in senior infants. There was dishing out invitations there for an old birthday party and uh, it was it was all going well. I had, uh, uh, But then I came to Cormac's invitation and I decided that that one was for my first cousin and I wasn't going to give it to the only Cormac in my class, Cormac Moore. And do you know, I put, I put money on it. No, Cormac, I know you're not going to like this. But I think Cormac cried that night, Mark, because I had to go to the Fox and Roses to him then in a few days' time. So, so apologies, Cormac. 
So Cormac got he got an invitation and a box of roses out of that. In the end, he did, Mark. Yeah, yeah. We wonder thought must have thought what what has she, has she reared at all? What like what what logic goes into that? Like <laughs> King Michael the Eighth's playground. Cormac has been banished from the court. Cormac will now sleep with the foals <laughs> and cry. <laughs> you uh, you mentioned King there or something. Yeah, have you ever heard of Foursquare? Uh, I've heard of Foursquare. Okay, like hopscotch. Well, kind of. It's it's a, the reason I bring it up is because uh, the, your four positions: you have King, Queen, Jack, and Dunce, and uh, you have to bounce the ball in one square to get into another. But Bally Garrett became the, a hub of Foursquare because an Australian sub teacher came there once and he he started showing the kids how to do it. So it started off with chalk on the ground, but it became such a common thing in Bally Garrett that they got the lines of the the four squares painted into the ground. So yeah, Bally Garrett is the hub of Foursquare and a lot of other things. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And is that paint still there? I must find out for my mother who still teaches there, yeah, yeah. And sure, finally, Mark, there, uh, the story there from Clare Champion, where there's a blacksmith there in West Clare, and he's uh, transferred his skills from learning, you know, producing pieces of art through his work as a blacksmith. Now he's making uh, 3D masks using a, a printer, a 3D printer. He's making the... the plastic masks that are needed in the healthcare profession. Um, now Whitty's doing something similar here with very noble efforts here as a product designer. Uh, it was just interesting to see how someone, like as you say, like you wouldn't think blacksmiths are still going, would you? No, no, I, like I actually thought blacksmiths were obsolete. I didn't think they actually were still um, operating. Yeah. They sort of seem like mythical creatures to me at this stage or <laughs> Lord of the Rings characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Kilkey Forge, um, that's where it is. And it's Connor Murray. And he's no, uh, he's no, he's, he's a clever enough fella. Uh, he, in 2017, he won Claire Young Entrepreneur of the Year. So fair play to him. The fifth generation blacksmith and industrial designer. He's doing a great job at the moment. But in general, he seems like he's carving out a, a, a pretty impressive artistic path so fair play there to Connor Murray I like that little pun there as well Michael the carving out ah yes yes <laughs> so I'd, I'd just like to say fair play to you on your little pun <laughs> and that's great what a great way to finish the, the newspaper roundup here on Paper Tuesday uh, <laughs> Mark I want to talk to you about the black bag that's in your bedroom now not many people would want to talk about the black bag that's in your bedroom it's full of books. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a back bag full of books. Black magic. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've taken up uh, reading as a hobby. So right. uh, reading's uh, it's actually good. Uh, no wonder they teach it in schools. <laughs> I never thought it was useful. But yeah, I took it up. Um, I'd say about two years ago I started reading because... I actually can't give a because, but I remember just one day I was bored at home and I had nothing to do. So I said, right, I'm going to try to read something. I'd never read a book for fun before. So I said, it was, this was a last resort. Like I was sick of looking at my phone. I think I'd watch everything on the telly. I was like, I'm going to try to read. So I picked up a book called Irish History for Dummies. Right. <laughs> about, uh, after about five pages, I thought, I'm actually not that bad at reading. And then after 10 pages, I thought, but this book is really boring. So then I stopped. 
reading that and I started looking into other books and I started gradually built up and up and up from there and at this stage I'm sort of reading two to three books a month so I've become pretty yeah. actually good at it because it's I've learned that you can enjoy it it's not a task like they make it out to be in school Gosh. and it actually took that as you say the first step there of the first feeling of reading those four or five pages that you felt then comfortable with reading like even though it's something that we do in school it had kind of built up a bit of a um, a reluctance anyway and a, a lack of interest in reading the tasks that we're meant to, we're taught to enjoy and crave. That's that's interesting, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. I suppose it's because it wasn't of my own intuition or I wasn't, um, I didn't get to pick what I read really. Okay. I'd always, I'd always had a negative association in my head with reading because of school. I think because of the regiment and because I wasn't, didn't have the choice you know what I mean? Now that I have the choice and I can read what I want, you actually see the benefits of reading. It would be interesting to see if schools could incorporate more choice. Like I know we do have great choice in the range of subjects, but there, people people learn in different ways. It's definitely something I'm sure this podcast will explore, but like we probably still don't have an education system that caters for all different types of learning. And is there any way that we can you know, it's um it doesn't care for a lot, like because I had to do L C V P in sixth year and fifth year because I didn't do enough honors subjects. Yeah. But I wasn't allowed to do PE because I don't L C V P. Whereas yeah. like PE will be one of my main interests. Yeah. And like isn't school supposed to be all about career progression or, you know, getting you to find what you want to do? Whereas I actually wasn't allowed to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, things like that, but like even in that decision mark, like that that calculated administrative decision that, you know, PE wasn't going to be worthwhile. But yet, when lockdown came, all the primary school teachers and everyone rushed to see, I haven't seen them, but like the Joe Wicks workouts. So when school was off, we rushed to these creative people. So doesn't it reveal something else like that, that we we, we rely on creativity more than anything? And... Can we make our students yeah, more about yeah. fostering that? Yeah, well, when you have your free time, like when you have time off work or whatever, do you go and like do maths equations for fun? I think we might explore this more with uh, with someone that knows a bit more than you or I on this and try and see if we can tease out what could be done. Like, Leaving Cert has never changed for, for donkey's years. Like, And Ireland scores well internationally. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Yeah, you should do sort of a game show type thing to see who the smartest is like do you ever watch Eggheads or something yeah. like that we should have that and Mr. <laughs> Finn should host it so how would or, you like countdown who wants to be a millionaire who wants to um, who wants 600 points and it should be Mr. Finn and each student comes in and is given four answer available answers to a question yeah and you can do phone a friend you can do 50-50 um, ask the audience it would work we could definitely do social distancing with that. I think that's a solution. Yeah. yeah. Joe McHugh, <laughs> drop Mark a line and he'll, set, he'll explain it. <laughs> Joe McHugh's going to explain it. Clear me, Joe. Clear me, Joe. Getting back to the books, Mark, uh, it's not, you're not, uh, as, uh, as would be revealed by your first encounter, you're not really in every reading every type of book you're well you're reading books that are driven towards your personal growth and philosophy would that be fair to say ah yeah more or less i suppose yeah 
Some of those was for fun as well. Yeah. I read there not too long ago Uriah Faber's autobiography. He was a UFC fighter. Just stuff like that, just to vary it up. You introduced me recently to Nabil Ravikant, and he he's recommended so many books, and they look brilliant books. Uh, I, I haven't dug into them yet, but uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it. You said you ordered a few of them, did you? He's very good, actually. Uh, I um, ordered The Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt, I think is the author's name. But oh, I yeah. Started, did you? I'm looking forward to starting that one now. Yeah, Haidt is very good. He he did the right, uh, the right view or the right, something to do with the right inside. I'm sure Google will produce the result. And it gets into how the psychological differences between left uh, left wing and right wing politics and it's that's a very good read uh it, it basically goes Speaking into that america is fairly open arms at the minute isn't it yeah i have you read into it i haven't read into it a lot there's not much to read into really oh, yeah. well there sorry i'm referring to not to cut across you, but um I'm refer, there are two murders there that have really caught the public eye um Shall we discuss some more next week, if that's okay? Yes, yes, good? more on this later. More on this <laughs> later, that's what we get. <laughs> like any good local newspaper bag, we're going to do some research and we're going to come back to them on that. But yeah, it, I remember there a few weeks ago, Mark, like the way Trump was calling out governors and making the pandemic uh, a very political issue, it meant like, I remember reading someone, I think it was in the Sunday Times, describing how Janie, like, in a few months' time, when there's an election, will 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 Trump supporters respect that result? You know, it's uh, it's not going to be a, a a smooth few months for the US, really, is it? It hasn't been a cool place for a long time. Mm. It's the best. I love Donald Trump. I think he is so entertaining. It's fantastic. He's not fit for to be a president, but I don't think anyone really is fit to be a president. <laughs> anyway, he's just so unbelievably entertaining it's brilliant have you did you see the most recent sort of viral clip of his with the the lady with the face mask oh yeah and it comes from china that one it's no he's like well why don't you ask china that question and then it sort of cuts to somewhere else and he moves on and then it comes and shows her she pulls the face mask off, face mask off and starts screaming why did you ask me that why did you ask me that and he just goes you asked me i just said ask china where it came from <laughs> now, they, oh, sorry we forgot to mention this lady is asian yeah he um he just doesn't care but twitter i thought it was a rash move by twitter what like did you see what twitter did oh they put advisories on his tweets that this contains unfactual information and i just yeah. I, I like they may they may be completely accurate but like Surely they knew what he would do then in signing, signing a presidential order against social media. You know, it, that freedom, but by them making those advisories, they must have known that their freedom was going to be restricted. Otherwise, Cheney. Not to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's another thing. Oh, yeah, Mark. You know, Trump and I have something in common. Go on. I like three guesses. I love guesses. What you and Trump have in common? Yeah. This will be good. Okay, so you both wear a toupee. I can confirm that's incorrect. Number two, I suppose, would be that you're both being suspected to be linked with Stormy Daniels. I can deny that rumor. It's denied. Okay, 
And number three would be that you both wear fake tan. Not yet, but we we both are non-alcoholics. Non-alcoholics. Yeah. Imagine Trump on the beer. Trump didn't drink. Yeah, he will be some crack. <laughs> Apparently, though, he does drink like a serious amount of diet coke, and oh. watches like eight, eight hours of television a day. Yeah. No, I don't know how true that is. I think that could be speculation. How would you get out and done if you watched eight hours of television? <laughs> Yeah. Trump has never drank, has he not? He says that no, no, and he cites his brother Fred. His Fred, his brother Fred, um, was fond of the drink, uh, and Fred told him never drink. So he didn't. Fair play, Tom. Seems to be a case where a lot of people like yourself, you just never had the inclination to drink. That's it. Yeah. Was that because of a warning of someone else, or was that because just a personal uh, choice? That's a good question. I think it was uh, actually it's been instinct since I was. In secondary school, I just never was drawn to it, and you know, it was actually it was totally personal choice because, uh, thankfully, I'm uh, keeping fit now. But in secondary school, I tell you, I had a sixty-year stone around me, and uh, yeah, yeah, I just knew that if I drank, I'd find it very difficult to uh, measure my alcohol while also trying to measure my food intake, which wasn't <laughs> wasn't very uh, successful. So you've lost a lot of weight, though. Over the past uh, course of three or four years, has that been um, a gradual process, or has it been something that you actually determined to achieve? It's been gradual. It's been both, really, Mark. Um, porridge every morning was a real help. So I think if you look at what's behind porridge every morning, it's probably discipline. Uh, I wouldn't be like the most disciplined person ever, but but I would be. It's like anything. Like I think Nabil Abakan goes into this as well like I'm sure all successful people go into their habits and that's certainly something that uh, habits are everything power a habit by Charles Dewey that is a terrific book like it's just Mm. cue habit reward and uh, cue action reward and it's so to answer your question the biggest thing that helped me lose weight was it changed my system you know in that I got more from going for a run than I did from getting a pizza or buying sausage rolls or you know exactly that's, yeah and that's how it works like that's how weight loss works a lot of people try to sell this like six-week diet or this like get fit fast or lose weight fast or this scheme or whatever it's all just a money-making scheme to make money off people's insecurities like where it, it all is just about changing your habits what you do every day change those into more positive habits towards eating and exercise in six months eight months you will be way further ahead than you were six or eight months ago and then you still have the future ahead of you to keep improving on those things 100 yeah so it, it is it's a habit change and it's a lifestyle change rather than a like get fit or get lose weight get a six-pack for a holiday thing like that's those people never get fit or healthy because they're stuck in this block mentality of six weeks, eight weeks, whereas it's you change what you do today and that's going to change what you do tomorrow. And yeah. then you do that every day for a long period of time and then it becomes a habit and it's just you don't even think about it. You are fit and healthy then. Like, as you say, right, that there isn't any value in those six-day-week programs. But at the same time, I'd say that sometimes if you embark on your own three- or four-week program, 
you will be more inclined to take on that activity in the future. Like, would it, do you think you'll do more press-ups as a result? Oh, of yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not saying that it's... I know that, yeah, yeah. What I'm trying to say is that you can't see at the end of eight weeks that that's the way it's going to be, is what I'm trying to say. Like, oh, it's yeah. Not that, uh, eight weeks and then I'm done is the wrong way to look at it. Yeah. But yeah, what you were saying is right, is that that initial start of three to four weeks will, you know, get get a move under you. And when we look at our lives, like, when, it, when it comes to personal exercise and everything, Mark, doesn't the idea of compound interest, doesn't it just show so much? Like there's the idea that if you invest in yourself with some some new pattern, whether it's going for a run every day or reading a book every week or listening to this podcast, maybe that's going to be a form of growth for some people to... to that's the best one anyone could choose. The best one, yeah. <laughs> Getting your dose of uh, paper Tuesdays every week. These like fluoride. <laughs> yeah, open wide here, Michael and Mark about. To... <laughs> 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 Robbie, we need to change the slogan. We need to change the song. Open wide. That's <laughs> for paper Tuesday. <laughs> <sighs> open wide for Michael and Mark. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, nobody like... ever wants to hear those words. But <laughs> <laughs> well, these like. Compound interest is at the root of it all, Mark. It's, uh, like, I think that like if you do something now, it will benefit you in five years if you keep doing it or doing it in a different way. Or you know, you just can't put a price on your own well-being. It's it's uh, no, you can't. What you're saying about compound interest there as well. It's I think Jordan Peterson, who you know we both read his book. He says that um, you should view the future as a judgmental father. So if you judge your future as something that would look favorably upon what you're doing today the future will reward you for that it's the same as like what you're saying go for a run instead of a pizza that's interesting now i never knew he said that um, that's sort of like that's that's religion in a sense as well you know bartering with the future by being good today that you know you're going to achieve um heaven in the future yeah yeah that's fascinating it's right. just it's delayed gratification Yes, today gratification. I'm sure we'll dig into this a bit more, but Mark, I suppose we're coming to the end of our podcast here. So what have we learned? Okay, we have learned that you have to be of high social ranking to be invited to Michael Dwyer's birthday party. <laughs> number two, I suppose, is don't mess with Stradbally. Yeah. And number three is you should open wide for Michael and Mark. <laughs> open wide, share us on Instagram. We'll see you next week. It's been a pleasure here from Goring County Wexford. How has it been in Australia? It's been tropical. Thank you, folks. See you next week.